0: All right, let's get into a little NBA draft primer. So, of course, Thursday night, this is Thursday afternoon when this comes out, Thursday mid-afternoon, Thursday night, the NBA draft is happening, 2022 NBA draft. And, of course, here is the order. The Magic have the number one pick. Jabari Smith seems like he's going to be the number one pick overall. Number two is the Thunder, and Chet Holmgren seems like he's going there. Then it gets interesting because the Rockets have the three pick. Paolo Bantrero is going to be there pick presumably who knows they just traded christian wood away and we go through there's some interesting names there number four the kings might trade number 10 the wizards might trade they are looking for uh, a guard a vet guard to play with them number seven the portland trailblazers they also might trade and i've heard rumors i actually flipped this around on accident it's supposed to go one two three four five six ten eleven not 21 and then 11 on the other side but you get the point I've heard rumors that the 76ers are looking into trading, that the Warriors are looking into trading, that some of these teams with multiple picks are looking to move back up, such as the Thunder with number 12, looking to package number 12 and number 30 and maybe a Dort in to get back into the seven or six range to get another one of those top, say, wings that you could get. Well, usually I am very excited for the NBA draft. And the reason for that is because then you can start looking forward to these guys' cards and, you know, oh, I can dream on so-and-so that the Bucks draft at 24 and get their card. Well, this year it's kind of hard because Panini has yet to release their Prism cards there and other such releases. So you can see here, July 8th, 2021, Prism basketball comes out. July 8th, 2022. Sorry, I said 2021, didn't I? October 5th, 2022, Mosaic Basketball comes out. Noticeably absent from the website I was looking at, Beckett.com, no optic release date, no select release date. And the reason I bring this up is because, for me, you've got a guy like Josh Giddey, and you can see a Revolution rookie here, which is nice. Um, And you got Chet Holmgren on the other side, Bowman University first, which is nice, but these are not the cream of the crop, the prism, the optics, the selects that we're used to and that we want to buy and so for me if i i'm an oklahoma city fan i want to get excited about buying chet holmgren cards but i haven't been able to get excited about buying josh giddy cards yet and josh giddy was impressive last year and josh giddy shay Gilgis, alexander and chet holmgren are going to become a very nice duo but like i want to know what the prices are for josh giddy Before Chet Holmgren plays, so that when Chet Holmgren plays, I can either buy in or not buy in, depending on how I view, you know, a Chet Holmgren and Shea, you know, one and two, and then Josh Giddey becoming third fiddle or whichever way you want to put it. There's a lot of risk here without these cards being out. And so for me, there's a lot less excitement in this draft from a card perspective. Because Panini has been so slow at getting the 2021 rookies out. And if there's 2021 rookies aren't out yet, we're going to be waiting forever for Jabari Smith and Chet Holmgren rookies. It stinks. It stinks. And it's kind of destroyed the excitement for me from a card perspective. From a basketball perspective, I'm still excited. You know, I love the draft. I love all drafts MLB, NFL, NBA. I love dreaming about in the future, especially for the Bucs. But from a cards perspective, a pretty disappointing outcome, not even having, especially if you're like an Oklahoma City fan, not having a Josh Giddy card and then waiting on Chet Holmgren. Or if you're the Magic's Magic, not having Jalen Suggs or somebody like that. So keep that in mind that there are still products coming out and it, does, it dampens the mood for me. If it dampens the mood for you, let us know in the comments below what you view about that.
1: What's going on everybody? Welcome back to another 5 at 5 segment here for Soccer. I'm Slapsack Julian and let's dive into some of the news from this past week. First and foremost, we have to touch on the big news of Saudi Amani transferring to Bayern Munich from Liverpool. There are rumors about him wanting to leave Liverpool even prior to the season ending, prior to the Champions League final. Um, Both Saudi Amani and Liverpool didn't really touch on that that much considering they wanted to finish off the season strong. But um, apparently the rumors were true and Saudi Amani only had eyes for one club, being Bayern Munich. So his transfer to the Bundesliga is now official, and it'll be exciting to see him play in the Bundesliga. I have no doubts that he will be very successful as he was in Liverpool for this past six seasons. He was able to get double-digit goals and contributed a large number of assists in his time with Liverpool. So it's another exciting player added to Bayern Munich. Sadio Mane Amayas is one of those players who doesn't get enough respect in the card market. Uh, here's an example of his 2018 Prison World Cup Silver PSA 10 on a card ladder graph of the past three months. It's, uh, this card is down around 41%, uh, which is around $39. So um, the, the prospect of him playing in the Bundesliga may help his card market, and it'll be exciting to see um, if his cards bounce back a bit with this with this transfer and his play for the upcoming season. Now touching on Bayern Munich as a whole, they've had a very good start to the summer transfer window, and it's still not even done, so they might add a bunch of other players. But they've already signed three pretty big players in Mane, Gravenberch, and Masrawi. Um, Gravenberch and Mane in particular are pretty big signings in themselves. Mane is a proven vet, as I mentioned before, very successful in the Premier League. A lethal winger, one of the best offensive players in the Champions League this past season um and Gravenberch is not a young raw talent who had a very good season as well. Bayern Munich just keeps adding to their depth and their arsenal of the world-class players they have. The only question that remained for me is um, who will be playing, who will be starting and who will not. Similar to the situation of Sabitzer this past season. He had he was amazing for RB Leipzig and ended up transferring to Bayern, but he didn't end up playing much. That's what happens when you have this many uh, world-class players. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out and who ends up playing and who doesn't. I also have to touch on the whole Romelu Lukaku uh, situation that has played out the past couple weeks. I apologize in advance to any of the Chelsea fans watching this, in particular Aaron. As a Manchester United fan, this means a lot uh, coming from me, but this is one of the worst transfers I have seen in the Premier League in recent history. Not even a year ago, I believe it was in August 2021, uh, Romelu Lukaku transferred back to chelsea uh, for a crazy uh, i believe it was over 110 million euros um and there were high expectations for him with that price tag it was a record for chelsea so uh considering that he had a very poor season didn't look strong at all didn't look confident at all ended up riding the bench towards the end of the season and even like a few months after he transferred from uh, inter he had done an interview about missing Inter and wanting to go back, which is not a good look. But now Inter ends up getting him back. So after making over 100 million euros uh, on this deal, they're getting him back on loan for um, 8 million euros. You may think to yourself, well, Julian, Chelsea might make a lot of money off of this if Inter ends up buying him. Except the problem with that is there is no buy clause in this loan deal. So Lukaku will be going back to Chelsea. Now, whether or not Chelsea... Decide to sell him after that. That's up for uh, debate, but not a great piece of transfer for for Chelsea. So hopefully they're able to learn from this. Just uh, pointing out some of his his cards, how they've dropped drastically. His 2018 Prison World Cup Red Blue Wave, PSA 10. So for $56 May 22nd recently. And then that card also went for $145 in September 27th, 2021 also have to touch on Sebastian Hollers, transferred to Borussia Dortmund, played for Ajax the past two seasons, had a very strong season this past year, 21 goals and 7 assists. Prior to playing with Ajax, he had a brief stint in the Premier League, which did not go the best, but at 28 years old, old, he still has a lot in the tank, and Borussia Dortmund is known for developing and signing some uh, pretty great players, so uh, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out, and they've managed to replace Holland as well as Jane Sancho, who left a year ago with Adeyemi. So, um, exciting prospects with uh, Borussia dormant Last, but certainly not least, have to talk, touch on the quality control from Panini. Posted this on the Slap Stocks Instagram page. Uh, a Reese James one-of-one one patch auto was pulled, and it had heung Son's auto on it, which is uh, another – terrible look for panini uh looks like they don't really care very much at this point with the amount of mistakes they're doing and it's a one of one like how can you make that mistake on a one of one um yeah the reputation uh, has definitely been hit the past couple years but um this one's pretty bad in particular
0: everybody you may have heard the words sell on call up before if you are a bowman baseball fan if you love baseball and you love bowman products you have heard those words sell on call up. Riley Green getting called up, sell. Spencer Torkelson getting called up, sell. Aaron Ashby getting called up, sell. And so for me, those words are words that I have grown to despise a little bit because there's no problem selling at different times. And I want to discuss with you today some guys that have been called up lately where it's kind of difficult Two guys that's not difficult to sell on call-up was Riley Green and O'Neal Cruz. Everyone is expecting them to get called up. You would be, if you had these cards, you would be in tune with the Major League season. You'd be in tune with Riley Green and O'Neal Cruz, and you'd be ready to sell at a moment's notice. It would not matter when they got called up. If you were into Bowman and into these guys and knew that they were going to get called up this season, you would be ready with those cards to sell at a moment's notice, no doubt. No doubt. And they did. They both got called up this past weekend, and they both performed well. Riley Green, obviously, five walks in his first three games, multiple hits. O'Neill Cruz, amazing defense, multiple hits in his first game, m- amazing sprint speeds, like the whole nine yards, and he's a six-seven shortstop. So it's very fun. But there's some other guys that have been called up recently where it becomes more difficult. Gerard Carnacion for the Marlins. He only played 26 games in AAA, and he only had a 779 like, OPS. That is not the type of guy that you say to yourself, yeah, he seems like he's going to be called up soon to play in the major leagues. And so if you're sitting on Gerard Encarnacion cards, and you're saying, I have to wait till call up to sell him, well, you may have already missed your chance. Likewise, you have Iover Piguero and Jack Sawinski, two Pirates prospects both called up from not AAA like Gerrard and conacion but double a both of these dudes from AA. now Iver perguero only got called up and then sent back down Jack sawinski has been up for 47 48 games something like that and they both had you know their first square hits yada 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 but it's tough it's very very tough to be able to sell on call-up especially Iover perguero if you were into Perguero, you could have bought his cards for 50 dollars a week before call-up. You could have sold his cards for like $80 on call-up day. And if you missed your chance by only even two days, the last sale was an SGC-graded card, base card, for $55. And so for me, it's like, hey, I'm waiting this entire time for call-up. It comes. It goes. You had one day for I over Peguero and you missed it. Not worth, especially from double A, not worth trying to bank on call-up to sell cards. Just buy guys that you're that you trust in, watch them progress through A, AA, triple A. If you end up call, selling on call-up, cool, but it's not needed. You can still sell when he's playing in double A, when he's playing in triple A without having to worry by just having them play well. So if you've heard those words, sell on call up, I'm telling you, please don't use that as a rule of thumb because sometimes you can miss the boat. Just buy cards that you like and go from there.
2: Yo, yo, everyone, Greg, all the way up from Canada here to Talk to you about hockey. This is your Slab Stocks Hockey 5 and 5 of the week. After Upper Deck finally released their Series 2, long-awaited release in the hockey world, we're going to look together at the five rookies that you should look at in both Series 1 and Series 2. I'm going to compare the prices of these Young Guns bases, so no other parallels whatsoever. And I think it's going to give us a good. Uh, State of the market. First and foremost, my hometown hero here, Cole Caulfield, ladies and gentlemen. Cole Caulfield had a great performance in the 2021 playoffs. Uh, Rookie playoffs had four, four goals and one assist. And then went super cold at the beginning of the season, right before they released the Upper Deck Series 1. Therefore, he scored only one goal in half the season under coach Dominic Ducham. And then they changed his head coach to be his own idol, which is Marty St. Louis. Yes, the Hall of Fame player who played and won Stanley Cup with the Tampa Bay Lightning. So Cole Caulfield now went on on a pace of having a 50-season goal, which leads a lot of expectations on to next season. When released in the first week at the end of March, you could purchase his young gun for about 125, 130 US dollars. And now it's about 80 85 and if you wait a couple of weeks it might drop down a little as you know off season is a good time to buy so cole caulfield will be my most sought after young gun to go after second is his good friend trevor zegris of the u.s national team as well and the anaheim ducks Ziegris also had a rough first season as a young player but you saw this talent you saw his highlight reel goals that he scored all season long and surprisingly enough both guys have the same pricing so 125 just when the young gun was released the series was released and now you can find it as low as 60 us dollar uh anywhere on ebay so uh trevor zgris a lot of talent the future of the anaheim ducks we all know that as they are rebuilding a new competitive team so I'm expecting a lot from Trevor Zgris in the coming years. Also from an original six franchise, Jeremy Swayman, the new goaltender of the Boston Bruins. At the end of the season and beginning of the playoffs, we saw great performances by Swayman. Swayman is the future of the organization. A lot of people say he's going to win a Vezina trophy. And why not a Stanley Cup? And also by him playing in a great market. When you look at the pricing of, you know, established goaltenders as Vasilevsky, as Carey Price, Swayman has a lot of room to grow. And right now you can get his young gun for as low as fifteen U.S. dollars. When the series was released, it was about thirty-eight dollars. So you get the point. We're in the off season. The war. Well, not yet in the offseason since the Stanley Cup playoffs is, going, is still going on between the Colorado Avalanche and the Tampa Bay Lightning. But the Bruins have been eliminated. They're going to change their head coach, and Swayman has a humongous amount of talent and a great, uh, also great captain and a good defense in front of him. Now, on the Series 2, there's two rookies that I will be looking at, definitely. Lucas Raymond of the Detroit Red Wings, also in the mix, to win Rookie of the Year, the Calder Trophy here in the NHL. Raymond, um, interesting player. It's not that of a big market, but still, the Detroit Red Wings is an an original six franchise. Therefore, you can find right now his his Young Gun rookie card, sorry about that, for about... 90 us dollar in the first days of the release of course it was a little higher because of all of the hype so just let things cool down when the release comes in you know the drill just let things cool down for a couple days a couple weeks you can get the players you believe in just without the hype the detroit red wings didn't make the playoffs this year and they're probably going to make them not going to make them as well next year but therefore, right now, his young gun is ninety dollars, and in my opinion, if you wait a couple of weeks, you can find it for a bargain. Uh, because there's no way Lucas Raymond, even though he had a great season, will have the same pricing as Cole Caulfield, who plays for one of the biggest franchises in the whole league, the Montreal Canadiens, and Trevor Zegras, who is probably the most talented player out of this uh, rookie class. And my last play. Is probably my favorite player of all of them because I'm a Los Angeles Kings fan. Quentin Byfield. Quentin Byfield was forgot about a little because of the season. Uh, Philip Danault just joined the team. Had an amazing season uh, on his side, and also Byfield, second pick overall, broke his foot in the off season last year. Had a long recovery. Made uh, you know some points, a little bit of games this year. But Quinton Byfield's card right now, you can find it around 30 US dollars. So there you go. Your five rookies to go after in this year's Upper Deck Series 1 and Series 2 set. Trevor Zegras, Cole Caulfield, Jeremy Swayman, Lucas Raymond, and Quentin Byfield. This was Greg here all the way up from Canada. See you next week for another edition of Slab Stocks Hockey 5 and 5. What's up,
3: everyone, and welcome back to another 5 at 5 flip quest episode. uh, Talking about weekly auction number 23 on the PWCC weekly auction platform. Ending this Sunday night, 9.45 p.m. Eastern Time. We'll be live on YouTube. Be sure to join the stream as we buy and sell some cards in the future, but also give away different slabs. And we are here to talk about a couple different things this week. And when we were looking at the auction uh, right before starting to record this segment, Nate said to me, Nate, Aaron,
0: why are there so many
3: golds for a third week in a row? And let me give you the couple options it could be. So there are so many gold cards ending. Specifically, Nate was pointing out the 2012 Prism Basketball Golds, which is Westbrook ending this week. There's Jeremy Lin. There's Tim Hardaway, uh, Alonzo Mourning, among a few others. But there's also just a lot of gold cards in general, like a Derrick Rose Gold Rookie Out 50 there, the really cool 2017 Ronaldo Gold Out 50. In my mind, it's like two reasons. One, or it could be two reasons. One, you bought these things so cheap. And you know a gold card sells so strong no matter the market conditions and people will pay up especially for the 2012s who might be building sets out there so you're happy to sell right now even if some of the other cards are maybe in a down period uh, you think that those will still pull huge values um the next reason is that you might just not believe in them long term anymore maybe you bought them in the last few months and you acquired well which should be very difficult to acquire that many that quickly which is the other reason why i think this isn't the option but it is something that is going on in cards across some other categories where it's like oh I don't believe in this long term. I'm going to sell it right now, even if it it is taking a loss. What makes me believe that that's not the case with these 2012 Prism Golds is that there are so many selling. I imagine one collector, maybe two, is willing to sell off the stash right now, collect the funds, and be happy um, with the progress that they made over the last probably like five to 10 years considering these barely pop up for sale. So I'd say that's what it is.
0: Um, Nate, any differing thoughts? Uh, No, I mostly agree with you. I I just think it's uh, kind of a weird occurrence that just in the last three weeks, like before this, it didn't happen where you say, Oh, there's a ton of one color showing up. In right. The last three weeks, it's very obvious. Ton of gold. I agree with that.
3: And then for which cards I'm gonna be watching this week, it will be these two right here. 2016 Panini Flawless. One is the soul of the game on the right, the gold out of ten. One is just the patch auto of Steven Gerard in the England kit. Uh, very excited to see these things sell. Flawless soccer, one of the top soccer modern sets of all time. Uh, match worn patches in there and uh, a really big player too obviously um, won, won some champions leagues but didn't win any premier leagues either way these things should sell super well I just love the design of the set love soccer and it, it, it'll be very exciting to see what they do sell for all right Nate talk me through what the heck I'm looking at the screen right now because I don't know
0: if it's true I don't know if it's true but you tell me yeah so for me this week the card I'm paying attention to is that 2012 tops uh, QB Immortals Relic Brett Favre card you'll notice as you're looking closer, that you'll see something absolutely atrocious. Absolutely want to gouge your eyes out so bad. And what you're looking at is a Brett Favre in a Packers jersey with a Vikings patch in the card. It's disgusting. It's embarrassing. Tops should be ashamed of themselves for even creating this card. And what's interesting to me is that no Packer fan in their right mind would buy this card with that patch in it. No Viking fan would buy this card with Brett Favre in a Packer jersey because they're jealous of the Packers and they want to win but they can't because they're just never going to be as good as the Packers <laughs> and so then it's just going to come down to people that love watching the world burn that want these weird strange cards that's who's going to buy this card so I'm curious to see what it will go for this week because again you're cutting out two whole fan bases the two fan bases you'd think would maybe buy a Brett Favre card but won't because of what Tops did here in 2012.
3: This card actually did sell recently, too, May twenty second, 2022, just about a month ago. It sold for $429, so pretty big price there. I know it's a one-of-one, one, but, man, Nate is right. Two of the biggest competing fan bases would – both are probably bowing on this card. As myself, I would not buy this card. But if it has sweet Packers from the neck trim right there, Nate, I'm sure you'd like it. if There's a little logo patch in there from the logo mm-hmm. shield. That would look way better. Or get one of them big uh 50th year celebrations with like a sick. Super Bowl patch in there. That That'd would be, be quite sick. the card. And I'm sure there'd be like probably 500 1000 or oh, probably way more than that than 1000 dollars spent on a card like this. But uh yep, nope. Refuse as a Packer fan. I'm sure like Nate said other Vikings fans too, uh, to buy such a card. Don't forget, this Sunday night is our Flip Course episode number 23, giving away some free slabs, bidding on cards. It's a great time. Hundreds of, of, of other collectors are in there talking about uh, the market and, and uh, having some fun with us, picking out some cards to buy and everything. So it's a great time, and we invite you to join us. Don't forget, Sunday at 9.45 p.m. Eastern Time here on YouTube Live.